Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer, and welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Monday, June 27th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got the latest on President Biden's trip abroad. Number two, all things government spending. And number three, how abortion rights are already starting to play in the midterms. All right, let's get into it. The top of Punchbowl News AM is focused on President Joe Biden, who is in the midst of a high-profile trip to Europe. And that's where we're going to be turning our attention this morning because the House has a quote-unquote committee work week with no floor votes while the Senate is in recess until July 11th. Biden, of course, is participating in a three-day G7 meeting in Germany that began Sunday. This is going to be followed by a trip to Madrid for the NATO summit. So, Much of Biden's focus this week is going to be Ukraine, not surprising there, but specifically how to continue increasing the pressure on Russia, both militarily and economically, while also helping Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky's battled government. Zelensky spoke to Biden and the other G7 leaders by video today, per the pool report. And according to a White House quote-unquote fact sheet released early Monday morning, the G7 leaders will, quote, make an unprecedented long-term security commitment to providing Ukraine with financial, humanitarian, military, and diplomatic support as long as it takes. Biden is set to announce the purchase of an advanced surface-to-air missile defense system to help protect Ukrainian cities, Bloomberg is reporting. Still, Even as the G7 meeting kicked off on Sunday, Russia was launching a massive missile strike at Kiev and other Ukrainian cities, a signal to Biden and other Western leaders that Putin has no intention of backing off his continued brutal offensive against Ukraine. Biden has condemned the Russian attacks as, quote, more of their barbarism. And Russia is defaulting on foreign loans for the first time since 1918, a grim sign of how far the country's relationship with the Western democracies in Japan has deteriorated, despite the abysmal state of its economy following the imposition of draconian U.S.-led sanctions, Russia actually has the money to pay its bills, thanks to sky-high oil prices brought up in part by, ironically, the war in Ukraine. Russia, however, isn't being allowed to make its debt payment thanks to the Western sanctions, which may mean more in terms of global headlines than in real pain for Russia or more internal problems for Putin, although it is further proof of Russia's growing pariah status. The G7 leaders also announced Sunday they would end purchases of Russian gold, a major source of revenue for Putin's government. And there was discussion of a plan reportedly backed by Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen to cap the price of Russian oil purchased by European countries. The goal would be to cut down on the amount of revenue flowing to Russia from such sales, although it's not entirely clear how this will work. As for the state of the conflict in Ukraine, despite enormous sacrifices by the Ukrainian military and tens of billions of dollars of U.S. and Western aid, it seems clear that Russia is slowly gaining the upper hand. There are also some signs of stress in the Western alliance over the conflict. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson reportedly warned French President Emmanuel Macron that any attempt to settle the conflict now will only cause enduring instability according to several media reports. France officials deny such an exchange has taken place, however. Today's session will include discussions with leaders from India, Indonesia, and other nations over food prices and security, 
both of which have become global problems since the war in Ukraine began. Raising prices for food and fuel have led to protests across the globe. And this is going to be something that the president is going to have to deal with here and as well as back home in the United States. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning, government funding. How high will defense spending go in 2023? That is a big, outstanding question, likely to be a pretty significant amount. And that's not counting the U.S. spending to aid Ukraine in its brutal war against the Russian invasion. The real questions are by how much and when exactly it will happen. It's going to likely be a bit of time before we know that answer. The House Armed Services Committee approved a defense authorization package of $840 billion for 2023. That's nearly $37 billion more than President Joe Biden requested. Representatives Jared Jared Golden, the Democrat from Maine, and Elaine Luria, the Democrat from Virginia, two frontliners who may face difficult races in November, offered an amendment to boost the top-line number to that higher level. The panel approved the final NDAA package by a 57-to-1 vote, with only Representative Ro Khanna, the Democrat from California, voting no. Golden said an increasingly dangerous world calls for a lot more money for the Pentagon and other defense programs. Yet, roughly $6 billion of that additional funding is for military construction inflation costs and bigger fuel bills. The full House is expected to take the NDA up in mid-July. Armed Services Committee Chair Adam Smith told us, yet even that Hask number is far short of the $857 billion. Read that again. Let me say that one more time. $857 billion approved by the Senate Armed Services Committee in its version of the 2023 NDAA. Now, this is going to be a big fight between the House and the Senate about how much money is going to be spent there and when does this exactly get done because there's no timetable for marking up the NDAA on the Senate floor. There's already concern that it could get pushed deep into the lame duck session. Of course, many of you will remember that last year's NDAA didn't get approved by the Senate until mid-December, a very late finish for one of the few remaining areas of bipartisanship on Capitol Hill. And what, what does that mean for the actual funding for the Pentagon and other defense programs? When will that get through the appropriations process? Well, the House Approves Committee has already approved a Democratic drafted bill that was strongly opposed by Republicans. Even if that bill makes it through the House, which is questionable to say the least, it's not going anywhere in the Senate. Senate Republicans will want a lot more defense money than what's been floated so far. GOP leaders also aren't going to do any serious negotiating on appropriations bills as long as Senate Democrats are still talking about doing, you guessed it, a reconciliation bill. This is, seems like deja vu to what happened last year with the Build Back Better Act. The FY 2022 omnibus package didn't come together until after Senator Joe Manchin put a stake in BBB in mid-December. We caught up with Senator Richard Shelby, the Alabama Republican who's ranking member on the Appropriations Committee, and he told rep reporters recently that his assessment was, quote, I'm trying to be honest with the press. One, it's June. The chances of us having an agreement on appropes, like putting the bills together, are slim. Could it happen? Yes. I'd like for it to happen, but I think it's going to take a while. And as John Bresnahan writes in this morning's Punchbowl News AM, 
we'd go with Shelby's read here. Just FYI. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning. We've got some news in our campaign section. Representative Val Demings, the Democrat from Florida, who's running against Senator Marco Rubio for that Florida Senate seat, is seizing on the issue of abortion rights to attack Rubio in a new digital ad and website. In the wake of Friday's Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade, Demings attempts to paint Rubio as a radical who is bad for women. The digital ad highlights Rubio's support for the reversal of Roe, co-sponsorship of a bill criminalizing doctors who perform abortions and support for a Florida measure known as the Scarlet Letter Law. The Demings campaign post-Roe push is a useful way to look at how Democratic messaging following last week's bombshell Supreme Court decision is changing. Democrats running in critical races, such as the Florida Senate seat, see abortion rights as a galvanizing issue that can motivate the base and push moderate women away from Republicans. Also interesting, Representative Vern Buchanan, the Florida Republican, is running a digital biospot in D.C., as part of his campaign to be the next chairman of Ways and Means. And with that, one quick reminder, Jake and I are headed to New Hampshire today. We are going to be hosting Governor Chris Sununu tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. We're going to be talking to him about the 2024 election and challenges facing small businesses coming out of the pandemic. This is going to be at the Bank of New Hampshire stage in Concord, New Hampshire. But you can also watch it on the live stream. It is sure to be a very interesting conversation. And with that, thanks so much for listening. Please leave us a rating and review. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News and our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.